0: Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross. Welcome to episode 21, season two of Leaf Sky. Jim Taddy with you for the next half hour or so. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun will be our guest today. A spirited and interesting conversation about where the Leafs are. And it's not a good spot after a loss on Wednesday night to the Buffalo Sabres by a score of 5-1 on home ice with a full crowd. Wow. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is, and I have to say this, too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360, windmill, good, yes, guy. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It is that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your area, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story, on to the Leafs story. And I'll say this in the interview with Terry coming up very shortly. Right on the edge. So is it one way or the other? Well, we don't know because we're right on the edge. There are some great examples of good play by the Leafs over the last two or three weeks. Some disastrous games and some games where you're going, oh, come on, get your stuff together. That's to another word there. Plenty of concern based on a loss Wednesday night at home to Buffalo 5-1 where the Sabres just, I don't know, they dictated the terms. That should never happen. The Leafs are a much better hockey team. But but that's where we are with this conversation. Where exactly are the Leafs? What are they going to do about it? Does the trade deadline solve their problems? Let's listen to Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. Very good conversation. <laughs> Okay, Terry, I have to admit, uh, you know, going back a number of years under this regime, I don't want to go back to the early stages of this with with Mike Babcock, but but certainly in the last couple of years, where we are now might be the weirdest spot of all. Would you agree?
1: In what way do you think?
0: Well, you- it's just because it's there's um uh, there's a lack of attention to detail, there's um, people uh, there's the, the players don't seem to play with any kind of uh, game plan or urgency mm-hmm. which is a, a, just a weird thing to say at this point of this season
1: it is but it's, it's so hard to put a finger on this Jim. yeah last night's an aberration the 10 seven game in Detroit was an aberration I mean that yeah. and that's I shouldn't even compare the 107 game in Detroit and last night are aberrations for completely different reasons I mean the game in Detroit was 1988. Uh, Redux, right? Yeah. Remember what those games were like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last, the, the, you know, the same Leaf team that played last night was the same one that beat Washington a few nights earlier, was the same one that beat Carolina, Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? It, it's, and, and that's what has to be so maddening and frustrating for Sheldon Keefe. is because you're right. By now, you shouldn't be surprised by your own players like this, like he was last night but that's exactly what happened. And, you know, I, maybe it's something they don't get out of their system before the playoffs. I, I I don't know. I mean, there's still 30 plus games to go here. Uh, you know, whatever that final tally, or is it 20, they're down below 20, 20 or 30 now anyway, whatever it, it it's, it's hard for us to put a finger on because I, or at least me, because I don't think the players or the coaching staff can themselves and, and, uh, you know, there, there's there's no there's no explanation reasonable for what happened last night, nor an excuse.
0: No, uh, and I, I think by my count, there's 28 games. Okay, sorry. Yeah but, sure. yeah, yeah, but 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 having having said all of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you're right. I mean, you sit on the on the fence, literally, and go, uh, do we spend a lot of time on the Washington game and, and other right. games, or do we spend a lot of time on just a horrendous third period in Detroit that they escaped with and. And last night it was um, it's almost like it was uh, like a choreographed routine on how to fail. I mean, that's harsh. Uh, right. But the point I'm getting it's to cool. is sometimes when you see teams um, that that you and we know what they're capable of. We know yeah. they're capable of some pretty good stuff here. But yeah. when it doesn't happen, um, and, and I'm not suggesting it happens here, but when there is a coaching change in other cities, then you'll all of a sudden see a rejuvenation. You go did this really get that bad? And I'm not saying the Leafs are there, but the Montreal case is, is a good example of, you know, how did it get that bad and, and how how did it become that good in short order? It's it's weird stuff, isn't it?
1: It is. And, you know, I think the Montreal case is a bit of an outlier because you don't see teams get that good that immediately after a coaching, after a coaching change. What we often see is there's a, there's that jump and uptick, right, Jim? Yeah. And, uh, you know, a team plays well for maybe four or five, a half a dozen games and kind of comes back down to earth. Montreal is a little bit different there. What they were, what they've been able to do under Martin St. Louis, uh, but here in Toronto, I, I just um, last night is not the Leafs team we've come to know this year. It's just not, and and that and that again, what is what must make it so frustrating for Sheldon Keith. I I would imagine that he had a he had a hard time getting to sleep last night if he got much at all. Yeah, uh, you know the Leafs are off today, so you know maybe he was able to oh, sleep in. I'm, I'm being facetious. I know that didn't happen. But it's just, um, you know, I thought Rasmus Sandin, who, by the way, Jim, his um, off-the-ice, his maturity has really taken a step. You know, last night he said, you know, we can't close our eyes on this and then just move on. you got to think about it and, and, and one more or less, you know, try to dissect why it happened. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of days here now for the Leafs to do that. They'll get back to practice on Friday before playing those to the Canucks on Saturday. But, um You know, I I don't think it's, at this point in the season, I think you're kind of getting at it earlier, this is not one you can just watch and say, okay, we flush that and go. You have to think about it and look at it and say, why did this happen? And, and you know, it just, it doesn't, it really doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't.
0: No, it doesn't. And, um, you know, you could zero in on, uh, player a or player b but it, but it's a, a almost a systematic failure uh, mm-hmm. where somebody gets caught goalie doesn't make the save or there's no when when the guy gets caught there's no backfill it's just um, it's almost like they, they, they're they not relating to um, the uh, sort of evolving situation and, and how to prevent it from going right off the rails in other words the first mistake just turns into a goal and, yeah. and there's no adjustment which is and, and you could go right through the Buffalo goals and certainly a lot of those Detroit uh, situations where there's like a complete lack of response. Mm-hmm. And in some cases you're going, how did that even get in? How was yeah. that even a scoring play?
1: Yeah, that happened a lot last night too. And uh, although having said that, you know, the defensive breakdowns are part of it and then they're not getting any saves from morazek either. And, you know, I guess it was Keith last night says, you know, don't, don't focus too much in on a guy like Sandine. I did in my post game story because I thought his, his inexperience and, and lack of physical strength were an issue. But, uh, you know, keeps right. I mean, it, it's all five players on the ice. Yeah. And then you're not getting the saves that you need. And there's no guarantee you're going to get them from Jack Campbell on Saturday either. And I mean, that's all we could spend a whole podcast, times two on on the goaltending right now and, and where that's going and, and, and what, if anything, Kyle can, can do in the next couple of weeks for March 21st. Um, but yeah, the uh, the defensive breakdown. And listen, last night's a bit of a weird one. Keeps trying some different combinations on on the blue line. You know, Sandine on the right side. And, you know, keeps saying, with, with Riley, he keeps saying after the game, are you going back? Someone said, are you going to go back? That probably not. End quote. Yeah. So, you know, there was a lot going on that way. Um, you know, I think what we're finding is, and again, breaking it down. With a guy like Sandine last night, you know, Lilligrand not even in the lineup, uh, you know, at the halfway point Dubas had said to us, well, let's see what these guys are all about in the second half here before March 21 and the NHL trade deadline." You know, I know Jake Muzzin's out and that's a big hole. We can say whatever we want about his play this year, but it is a hole for them. And uh, Lombushkin's been good, I thought, since he's come in, adds some physicality. But we, you can't run those two young kids through a playoff run together. You're going to no. have to get more experience on the blue line, and and you know, I mean, last night the one goal that I think was Olison's goal, he basically threw Sandine out of the way before putting that rebound behind Murazic. like they, like if was, Sandine wasn't even there, that, that, that's not going to fly in the playoffs. Not when no. you get down to the nitty gritty, it, it's it's hard to say, but it it's true. I, I listen, Jim, I like a lot of the things that Sandine's done, but that's not the type of thing that's going to get you far. Well,
0: I, and I and I think you know, all of our analysis all year long has been based oh. on knowing what it takes to win in a playoff series, and, and how uh, you know the other team. We we always deal with the Leafs, but the other team scouts you out; they know what to attack, and yeah. you know clearly with Muzzin or not. Uh, what you're gonna do with that team is you're gonna you're gonna pressure that blue line. You're you're gonna you're gonna be physical with them. You're gonna try and gain position uh when you have the puck in their zone and, and there's not gonna be much of a response that way. Labushkin helps out. Uh Muzzin, if he's healthy helps out, but there's still some gaps there. And and you know and I guess, you know, where, where we sit now is you look at this and go, you know, I'm sure they're gonna make a move by the trade deadline, but but what could it be? Because mm-hmm. There's, I think, you know, we, we were soft on the blue line with criticism earlier in the year because it, it was okay. But but now when you look at it, you go, there's there's major reconstruction has to happen here.
1: Well, and that's that's true to a degree. I don't know major reconstruction, but something significant has to happen. Yeah. You know, you know what? Hey, guess what? It won't matter if Campbell and Mrazik aren't stopping the puck come May 1st. Well,
0: matter. you know, the,
1: yeah, you there's, the, Victor Hedman, Jim, and it won't matter.
0: Well, there's, there's the truth. So that's, the, you know, and we're talking about the goaltending, but, but, you know, so let's go back to what we said earlier, mm-hmm. uh, somebody makes a mistake. The other four guys watch it and the goalie can't stop it. Mm-hmm. That that's a harsh explanation, but I think it's very accurate.
1: It is very accurate. And and, you, and I guess the next question is why does that happen? Why does that happen against a team? That's 34 points below you in the standings. How, how does that happen? Yeah. There's no explanation for it. There's none. There's no. zero explanation for them with, for the Leafs playing with the effort that they had last night. Because this is not a uh, – like I said, this is not a, a habit they've had. Have they had stinkers? Yeah, they have. Guess what? Every team has. Yep. Last time I checked, Tampa Bay Lightning and Florida Panthers and Colorado Avalanche have all lost games in regulation to teams below them in the standings. Yep. So, you know, it's uh, – in, in this whole thing about the Leafs playing down to their opponent – I don't necessarily buy that. I know that the Buffalo and, and Montreal games haven't been good. You know they waxed the New Jersey Devils uh, a, a couple times earlier, like they should have. I mean, let's face it, more than two-thirds of the national hockey League are below the leafs in the standings. They're not playing down to their opponent every night. It just doesn't happen. but no. last night, again, i don't I don't you know I, there's no reasonable explanation for it, not one.
0: It doesn't make any sense. And and so there's there's a couple things that come out of this. Um, You know, I I think you would agree with me that when we've covered the Leafs in the past and a a former Stanley Cup winning team comes to town, the way that former Stanley Cup champion and the the reigning Stanley Cup champion team plays is they play their system. And if it doesn't work that night, it didn't work that night, but the system is the same. Mm -hmm. They play the 82 games the same way. Mm -hmm. You win most of them. You don't win all of them because there are bounces. There are things that happen. But the, the game plan is the same. We're not seeing that here.
1: Well, no. And again, though, I I just, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to put the the finger on because the goaltending hasn't been good for a while now. And that's a big part of it. I mean, really you can cut Campbell's season into, into two halves. First, good. Second, not good. Whereas it's been up and down, you know, he's had some good games, excuse me. He's had some other ones that weren't good. So that's part of it as well. But uh, you know, I mean, we're still dissecting a team that has not made it past the first round of the playoffs. The Leafs, like, this, like they can talk all they want about we want to win and and that's our goal and our goal is to win the division and be a contender. Well, they haven't proven that yet. We know that. The regulars, like, listen, I think the accolades for guys like Matthews and Marner for the regular season stuff they've done are all fine because they've yeah. earned those things. Marner's been the best player in the NHL since the middle of January. But you know, as as with all these things, with last night and the way the team plays overall, we'll see what happens when the playoffs start. But you know, when we're saying that the defensive structure isn't there every night, and you, it's hard to put a finger on this team, well, it's not like they have a winning past to, to, to you can look at and say, okay, here's the model
0: that they that they play off of, right? Yeah. Well, so, that's that's why know? I got into that, uh, you yeah. know, playing playing the system because. I think before the COVID break in mid December, really? they were playing that system might've been boring as heck. And yeah. and the, it didn't really matter who scored, but it was very effective and well, that, it, you needed to play in the playoffs. Yeah, it was.
1: And you know, there's no reason you, they, they can get back to it. Like to say, 28 games left is still a lot of time here, but you know, it's um, I found it interesting last night. Keith made, mentioned that, you know, the, the Matthews line had one of its worst games in a while. Well, then if that's going to happen, John Tavares isn't at an $11 million salary cap hit to kind of maybe almost score every so often. He's right. not being a difference maker right, right now. And for that, the whole line isn't, you know, and it's, they have got to be better here. I mean, the game last night, I think, you know, we can break it down a lot of ways, Jim. But another way that should be disappointing for Keith is it's 1-1 after the first there's something for the Leafs there to grab a hold of. It's not like they're down four-nothing the first 14 minutes of the game and the night's over. The Leafs, I thought, played defensively well. The Sabres were getting nothing. They scored that early goal, but they weren't getting a heck of a lot of all. Like they had, you know, shot attempts were they just didn't have much through the first half of the game, but there was no desire on the Leafs at all to take that game into their hands. And, and I'm sorry, but that's 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 why John Tavares makes the money that he does. To well do those things now the scary part is you just hope that oh is he not is he not capable of doing that now every so often he wins yeah. a, of a lot of faceoffs. he's great there does does some other things well but you need that guy to be a difference maker in a game like that you can't always look at you know matthews and marner and then bunting and say okay go make that difference for us um that nylander taveras kerfoot trio i mean it just wasn't happening and uh, you you need them to, to step up i mean to at 14 games now without a goal jim that 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 has to be unacceptable he's not oh. being paid to score get scoring chances there are no bonuses in his contract for how many scoring chances you have here's another 100 grand That's, come on put the puck in the net
0: yeah and, and so you know i think maybe what we're getting at is if the if the top line doesn't have a big game uh, it's not an excuse, but it's used as an explanation. It's not an explanation. Mm-hmm. You've got three other lines. You can't you can't ride that top line every night in the playoffs. It might get shut down. I mean, there has to be a second wave. And I, I find a lot of what we're talking about deals with one. You know, defenseman made the air, went in and scored. Okay, but nobody reacted. Mm-hmm. Goalie didn't make the save. And as Coach Keefe said last night, it's it's everybody well, on the yeah. ice. But but the explanation seems to be, well, this line didn't. Didn't work, and but nobody else did either. I mean, come on, it's it's not on the top line. It's not. It's on everybody.
1: Well, and he said that last night too. The whole team, like he said, terrible start to finish. All four lines were abysmal. So there was that. But you know, again, like I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm think about this before we started talking today. How, how deeply do we get into this, considering they did have a three game winning streak, and they did, you know, put Detroit away when they had to in that in that weird game the other night I mean you come back and then you win in Washington against admittedly a, a Washington team that I think is mediocre at best and of the eight you know playoff teams right now in the East, probably would be the eighth team uh top to bottom um so you know it, again it, but still it, last night did happen and, and you have to look at it but uh um you know they could just as easily come out and play a really sound game against Vancouver Saturday and win
0: well, that's, that's the truth of it. I'm just looking yep. at the, the scores over the last couple of weeks, um, and there's a it's, it's 50-50, your, your concern level. Uh, mm-hmm. The loss in Calgary bothered me uh, mm-hmm. because they just had a, a bad second period. The loss against St. Louis bothered me because the, the Blues just stepped in front of them in their own zone. The loss right. in Montreal was a no-show. Uh, there's a win against Minnesota that's pretty darn good. There's a win in Washington that's pretty darn good. And then there's those those two games I'm going to put together, yeah. the, the win – Detroit and the loss against Buffalo are uh, just totally unacceptable in terms of how you're playing with, with structure. There's, there is no structure. So, yeah. so I mean, they're, they're, uh, what I've just said right there, that, that's a, an interesting mix of, of some nice moments, some not-so-nice moments, and disaster.
1: Yeah. And even breaking down, let's go back to the Detroit game. You know, how many – what did the Wings score? Three goals on deflections, I think. Like Two that were credited well, and, and the third that the Lucas Raymond that wasn't. So you're so that tells me your defense don't have good position.
0: Well, that's that's a really good point because I you think know? you could apply that to, to a couple of things last night too. Yeah, as so a game against Buffalo,
1: if you're if the up if the opponent is beating you and getting getting any any sort of stick in the way and and that sort of thing, uh, when you're jostling in front of the net, you're not doing your job properly, and, and that that goes back to you know some of the the, the strength issues and physicality that the Leafs have on the blue line and all that. I mean. Last night's a bit of a weird one. I think what the first uh, was it the first Sabres goal that that went in off Riley, and that that was a strange one. You know, Mrazek gave him a look after, saying, "What the heck just happened?" Yeah, and that was that was that was a little bit of a, of a of an aberration that one. But when guys are getting those deflections in front and, and and their sticks on pucks and that sort of thing, like they were in Detroit, the Wings were that that to me should set off a little bit of an alarm bell that that, that wow. a team like that is able to do that. I mean. You're not, you're not playing one of the – listen, you can talk about speed and, and, and whatever else some of these teams have. And Detroit's got good young players. Well, they're nowhere near a playoff spot.
0: Well, the, the, the goal that I, I think would typify how did it go in and why does that happen is the Valeno goal from the corner as he negates the icing. It's like, will you ever see that again?
1: No. But that to me is, you know, that's a uh, Jack Campbell with very little confidence goal. And he, you know, never mind hugging the post in that play. The player shouldn't be able to see the post. You should be able to, like, that should be, routine save doesn't even be, been to describe that. We know that. Campbell was terribly out of position. And yeah. to me, that speaks to confidence. I mean, there was another goal in that game that he couldn't have, he couldn't have kicked out a, a juicier rebound into the slot. And I can't remember who the Red Wing was that scored, but, you know, it was in the net because it was right on the guy's stick between the hash marks.
0: Well, and that's that's yep. the goaltending gauge right there. Is I think you'll find on both of them because I remember a game we did, trying to remember the game we did with uh, I talked to Ralphie about it after. Uh, there might have been actually the Minnesota game where they where they only, they won three one, but I said to him, Mrazek let out four or five mm. huge rebounds, and I was asking Ralphie about how you control that, and so he said it was a comfort thing. It's you know it's just being ready for the shot as opposed to getting in position. Um, and, and he said he just needed more reps. But, but if you go back to there, I mean, there are games where they won where they were guilty of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goaltending is, is a problem, but it's, it's like we said before, it's a lot of other things.
1: Well, if you're going to kick those rebounds out, you know, maybe those get cleaned up by the defense in front of you and they were able to clear the puck and that sort of thing. But we're not seeing that not all the time.
0: No. And that that point you made about position, you know, I, I've said this on Leaf Broadcast where you'll see a guy, and I have the flip side of that too, so it's not, and I've said this, the Leafs don't have an exclusive on this. Mm-hmm. You'll see this, you watch Sports Center, you're going to oh, see yeah. the highlight yeah. a lot where where the other forward is inside on the defenseman, uh-huh. where the defenseman is, is actually between the forward and the goaltender, and he stands there. Yep. Any defenseman, any team, uh, there was a goal that Bunting got in Detroit the last time they were there, where Osterly was right in front of him. Yeah, All he had to do was lean on him, and instead, Bunting reached over and tapped the puck in the net, and you go, how does that even happen?
1: Yeah, you're right, and good point. The Leafs do score goals like that. They're very yep. good at it. They are yep. very good at it. Uh, so, yeah, it's not it's not a quote-unquote leaf centric problem, but I, I guess when it happens three times against a non-playoff team in one game, well, so it, it, yeah, it, it and impacts the the outcome, you know. So,
0: yeah, sorry. Plus, we always analyze this with, oh, because the playoffs aren't that far away, and they haven't had any success that you can't do that in the playoffs, and that's that's an accurate assessment.
1: Oh, for sure it is. Completely. Yeah, yeah you just, and and again, you know, the Leafs have learned that you can't quote unquote turn this on once the playoffs start, right? No. Because no. If, if they've tried, it hasn't worked. I mean, last year against Montreal, they turned it off after four games. It, it's still, you know, like almost a year later. It, that remains hard to explain as well. But uh, yeah, it's so they're going to have to, you know, try to make improvements with, with these things in the next uh, couple of months. And, and, you know, that would shift into a higher gear, I would think, once, once March 21 passes. And has Kyle Dubas been able to make any moves on the blue line? And if so, how does that look? Who's playing with who? You know, the good thing is, Jim, I think we talked about this on the last podcast is there will be some time post March 21 before playoffs to work this out. Five weeks, five weeks. So there is still the element of time that we have to consider, but it still doesn't, that won't make anyone within the organization feel any better about what happened last night.
0: Well, look, I, there's, you know, a couple of things to end on. You know, first of all, as, as you say, they could they could acquire Headman, uh, and and that's not going to solve the problem. They're yeah. going to acquire somebody. But for anybody to think that whoever they acquire is the savior is wrong. It's on everybody go. else. And when I was going back to that coaching thing, I'm not predicting doom for the coaching staff. Well, I just, I always wonder when you get into this situation what exactly the coaching staff can do because you run a, a really fine line of, you know, you want to push and you want to prod and you want to get them back to where they are, but you don't want it to become negative. And I know they work really hard at, at keeping it positive and looking for the solutions, but sometimes things happen that are out of control. And, you know, somebody has to pay the price for it. I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but they're in a precarious spot.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not going to happen, but you know, let, let's see, let's see what does happen in the first round of the playoffs. They lose that. I mean, you and I are talking about, completely different things then
0: yeah yes, every, every, everything's
1: on the table at that point right but yep. now I mean again we still have to remember where they are in the standings overall I think the other thing too Jim last night is that you look at and go you know the Leafs had they win last night they, I know it's or I know there's still a lot of time left and everything but mentally they win they move a point up on Florida they're tied in points with Tampa you know you could have puffed your chest out a bit with something like that and yet they play one of their worst games of the year so yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know where a professional hockey player needs to get motivation from. They 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 they'll tell you all the time that it comes from within and that sort of thing. And and you know, they don't necessarily need to be motivated by a crowd or or whatever whatever else an, in, an outside influence might be. But last night, I mean, just just again, that where they could have been in the standings this morning when they woke up on an off day. You know, I'm not sure if Tampa – I think Tampa's playing tonight, I think both Florida Tampa are playing tonight. But so what? You know, you feel good about that and, and yet here they are, and, and it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna an off day will be a long one today. I would think for them. I would hope it would be. It should be.
0: Yeah. Should, you know. So just looking ahead, Saturday at home to Vancouver, then Monday in Columbus, Tuesday at home to Seattle, Thursday at home to Arizona, Sunday um, against Buffalo and Hamilton in the outdoor game, and then we into March fifteenth at home to Dallas, March seventeenth. At home to Carolina and Saturday, March 19th, at Nashville. That's your schedule going into the the trade deadline, right. and a lot of positive things can happen there. But I think we're always going to remember where they are now until they prove otherwise in the playoffs.
1: Well, Jim, look at they're playing a lot of non-playoff teams right now. Yep, and I would suggest that if if the same thing happens against any of those non-playoff teams prior to March 21. That happened last night, you know Dubis can you know try to pull a rabbit out of his hat. I don't know how much it's going to help there's no there's no reason for the Leafs now to not turn around and, and put this pedal down and get through this next handful of games and win the majority of them. You're not playing good teams. you're not yeah so go go go, go prove that last night hurt and was an aberration to a degree and let's see what you're made of now i think, I think it's I think it's an interesting stretch for them. I mean, you want to play your best against the best teams in the league, obviously, and, and do well against them. They had a good game against Carolina a while ago, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, Minnesota. But these games coming up, you should
0: win handily. Well, I just rhymed off seven games, and quite frankly, after the end of those seven games should be five and two. We'll see, yeah,
1: yeah at least, yeah, at least get you know ten points out of the fourteen. Because you're right. I'm looking at it here now, too, and it's just.
0: Could be more than five and two, really, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, we will. I mean, uh, you should win the majority of them. Yeah.
0: Terry, thanks very much. Thanks, Jim.
1: Last minute of play in this podcast.
0: All right. Thank you, Mike Ross. Time now for a lickety split. Yes, guy, no guy. Yes, guy, no guy. Number one. Concerned. Oh, yes, guy. I am concerned. I'm not going to paint them into a corner, but I am concerned. The game in Detroit should never have happened that way. The loss to the Buffalo Sabres should never have happened that way. They need to smarten up. They need to find their mojo. It's missing in action. Yes guy, no guy number two. The trade deadline will solve this. No, no guy. It'll add to it in terms of maybe adding part of a solution. But this is on everybody. Make no mistake about it. This is on everybody. It's not the defenseman who steps up. It's not the goaltender who couldn't make the save. It's on everybody. And the final, yes, guy, no guy. Goaltending is fixable. Oh, yes, guy, it is. I think so. Uh, you know, what they need is the five guys in front of the goaltender to do their jobs, to be able to adjust to mistakes, and the goaltender needs to make a stop. That can be corrected. So I'm going to say goaltending fixable, absolutely yes, guy. Thanks for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed episode 21. I hope you come back next week for episode 22 of Leafs Guy.